Hi all, I'm Dan Smakerod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Our topic today is Cupix Slam app, and our guest for the program today from uh, Cupix, uh, up on the top screen there is uh, Scott Anderson, is the Director of Marketing. Good to see you, Scott. And uh, Paul Collert, the Head of Product. Paul, always good to see you as well. Um, uh, thank you. I'm super excited about today's show. Uh, I know that you wanted to give us a, um, uh, a demo of the Cubix app, take us uh, uh, through it, uh, tell us about it. I, I, I suspect that today actually is a seminal moment in the history of Cubix. I think it is that important we're, we're about to, to, to talk about and find out. And then if you stay towards the, the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can get six months free of, uh, of Cubix. So, uh, be sure to, to watch us all through the entire show. Um, Scott, um, before you even talk about Cupix, I know we've done a lot of shows together and there's a lot of people have knowledge of what Cupix is, but maybe you could just give us a little bit of a summary about the Cupix um, platform before we even talk about the app. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having us, Dan. Uh, I'd like to tell you, I would like to tell you a little bit about Cupix. So what we have is a 3D platform for working with all sorts of different types of data. Uh, primarily what we're working with is 360 photos here today. And uh, those 360 photos generate a 3D tour. Uh, so you can navigate from place to place uh, to place to different places from these 360 photos that are captured. So we're, we're generating a 360 uh, tour that is measurable, that can be integrated with 3D BIM. Uh, you can extract 3D uh, measurements, uh, 3D models as well. Um, and what we're uh, working with is, is these 360 photos that you upload into the Cupix platform. We analyze the photos and figure out the orientation and location of all the photos. So if I take a photo here and a photo here and a photo back there, we figure out where all these photos are. So we have this network of photos, whether the photo's high or low, uh, far away or close, uh, near one another or spread out from one another uh, so that you can navigate around in a space and uh, do things like uh, show off a property or navigate a facility or revisit a crime scene um, for a, a lot of different applications in uh, commercial, industrial, uh, facilities, uh, construction, um, property uh, property marketing types of spaces. So that, that's the core of what Cupix does. And this new application that we're showing here, which is really a iPhone uh, application, is something that's really exciting because it, it dramatically impacts the ease of use of somebody getting into the Cupix application, integrating their th uh, 360 camera and getting those photos into Cupix uh, to create a, create a tour. This, this is a very important uh, step in Cupix evolution and uh, we're really excited to, to show this today. Cool. Um, before we jump in, let me just ask Paul, was there anything else on a description of Cupix that you would add? No, I think uh, Scott pretty much hit it on the head there. Uh, good. I think I would just add my, my two cents there is that um, uh, since our the We Get Around Network uh, forum community is, is somewhat Matterport-centric, I would, I would describe this as it's Matterport-like. Um, Cupix looks like Matterport except for a dollhouse view. And instead of being dependent on one camera, you can use any 360 camera to create the three, 3D tour for Cupix. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, you know, I think I think it's an it's an important reference point because I you know the the man, many of us have been investing in um, a proprietary platform that is dependent on one camera, and you have an open platform that uses any 360 camera, and I think um, I think. You know, what we've talked about in the past is literally you could use any 360 camera to, to, to capture the 360 photospheres that get uploaded to Cupix. And today you're going to talk about a, a, um, a, a new app, the Cupix Slam app, that enables not only to make it easy and fast to capture 360s, but really makes the entire workflow a whole lot simpler, easier. Yeah, yeah, a good point on the uh, non kind of open platform. So, uh... Uh, much more of an open platform. You can do things like, uh, for, for those that are interested, because we're 
well, I know we're come, come back to the Slam app. You can set up your own URL. You can white label the space. Um, you can uh, white label the URL. There's a lot of, um, I think Dan, you you have a white label account or engineering one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, there's a lot of workflows here that are outside of the realm of uh, pure property marketing really ties into uh, um, bringing in 3D CAD files, uh, creating 3D measurements, making it really easy to uh, integrate um, with across a lot of a lot of different industries, a lot of different types of spaces, and this application is a starting point. So this gets the gets the data uh, into Cupix in a really uh, easy sort of way across a lot of different devices. What we're showing here uh, first is on the release an iOS application. So this is an iOS application, and it will integrate with a few different types of cameras. Uh, the Insta 360X is coming soon. The Pinono is coming soon, but right out uh, on release in a private beta, uh, mind you, it's really important to, to note that, that uh, you gotta re- make a request to Cupix so that we can give you access to the, uh, the Cupix Slam app. You'll be able to use Rico Theta or uh, Mad Venture. Uh, 360 camera or the Xiaomi MiSphere 360 camera. So those are three uh, cameras that have resolutions from 15 megapixels all the way up to about 25 megapixels. Uh, they can take photos in HDR, uh, really high resolution, really crisp, and something that can fit in your pocket and be mounted onto a tripod, a selfie stick, or even a helmet in a, in a matter of seconds to uh, capture a space in a matter of seconds as well mm-hmm. using the Cupix Slam app. Scott, you, you mentioned uh, Ricoh Theta. There's been about five now of the Thetas. Are we talking specifically about the Ricoh Theta V or truly any Ricoh Theta? I believe it's any Ricoh Theta. Uh, definitely, we'd recommend the Theta V over any uh, the, the Theta S. It's got higher resolution, uh, faster photo capture, which means you can walk around faster and capture more photos. Um, so the Theta V is what we recommend, but I believe it also works for the Theta S. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard you mention five cameras, and I, I do want to mention that uh, uh, for, for our viewers, if you stay tuned at the end of the program, I'll tell you how you can borrow uh, four out of the five cameras uh, uh, that Scott mentioned. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, uh, totally borrow it for free. And that's a, an offer from uh, We Get Around Network. Um, uh, Scott, uh, Paul, do you want to do you want to take us into a demo first, or do you want to describe why it's significant that you have done this integration? What do you think, Scott? Uh, you got some boilerplate boilerplate content I could throw on screen that might, might help. Um, uh, but we could jump right into the de- uh, demo. Um, All right, let's let's do the demo and then we'll talk about it. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, Paul, or do you want me to yeah. show that quick, quick uh, video? No, we can just kind of go through a demo, and we can talk about it as we go. Okay, great. So I'm going to stop my uh, screen sharing here. Are you still still able to hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, great. And are you seeing my iPhone app at the moment? That I am not. Okay. Sorry about that. It's okay. So what what Paul's gonna do uh, is use the app and screencast it directly to the the screen. Oh, and here it is. Okay, so great. Okay, you're seeing my screen now. Yes. And what I'm going to do is going to go ahead and uh, start up the Cupix Slam application on my phone. Um, I'm going to uh, work with this offline currently. I'm not going to log into the system. And I'm going to. I'm prompted for creating a new 3D tour, append a section, continue a capture. I'm just going to start with a create a new 3D tour, and. I'm just going to give it a name of my house. And we have different processing methods. Um, If you want to capture a 3D mesh, if you want a 3D mesh to be processed, or if you want it accurate without a 3D mesh, um, one of the main differences with that is if you do not want the 3D mesh, it'll process about two times faster. 
And then there's also an off option for rough with no 3D mesh. And this is uh, kind of think of it as ad hoc photos without applying the photogrammetry to them. So I'm just now, gonna- uh, Excuse me, Paul. Um, I, I know we have kind of like two kinds of audiences that are watching this show. First as um, those in the AEC space, uh, architects, engineers, people in the construction field, general contractors. Um, but we also have uh, a lot of um, people who are either Matterport service providers or thinking about buying a Matterport camera. They're trying to understand what this Cupix thing is and how it compares. So um, could you take us through why you would want the mesh, why you might not need the mesh, and why you might want a rough with no mesh. Um, Scott, you want to take that over really quick? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, we're using a photo. So th those in the audience that aren't familiar with photogrammetry, photogrammetry allows you to uh, create a mesh from, uh, from photos. So we, we can create a mesh from the photos, and that can be useful for a general visualization of a space. So say Paul's scanning, uh, taking a capture of his house and walking outside of the house, or he's taking a capture of uh, the mall um, and walking around the mall. Maybe it's more useful to have the mesh for his house and less useful for the mall because uh, for the mall, it's just looking at this path and can, can follow his path and analyze his path. So sometimes the mesh is useful for visualization. It can also be useful for things like uh, coordinating and aligning a a tour to a, say a, full, a floor plan or extracting um, extracting datum features from a, a tour as well. Um, so it, it, it depends on what you want from the tour and how much patience you have. In this case, if we get started now, I think that we'll have a tour because uh, these, um, I think historically the, the web in ours go for about a, like two two hours or so. So, um, well well within a, well within half an hour we, could, we could, uh, should probably have a tour uh, created. Um, so if we have it with a mesh, it's going to take a little bit longer to uh, create the uh, create the space. Do I need the mesh if I want to do measurements? No, you do not need the mesh. The mesh is purely for visualization, just for visualization purposes. And. Uh, when, when would you do the, the rough with no 3D mesh? Uh, the rough with no 3D mesh, uh, if you're just taking photos um, that aren't close to one another and, and they can't leverage the photogrammetry routine, photogrammetry routine is what figures out the pose um, or the orientation between different photos, uh, then the, the rough with 3D mesh would be appropriate if you don't care about the pose, you don't care about the orientation, you don't care about the precise photogrammetry location, and you just want to rely on the location calculation from the app. When, when Paul shows the workflow, it'll, it'll be more apparent what that app location is. So if you, if you don't really care about the precise location, then the rough with no 3D mesh is a good way to go. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. So... I'm gonna go ahead and continue here with accurate no 3D mesh. And we have different shooting methods. Um, one is an auto interval, which you can, which is what I will use by default here, where you can set it up to take a photo in certain amount of distances. So I could say, hey, take a photo every three feet, five feet, 12 feet, whatever you'd like to configure. Um, a manual shoot option would be um, you're going to manually invoke the taking of a photo every time. Um, if you're doing a hide and shoot, if you're doing things with a, a tripod, and, and then a method that we call half and half, which allows you to do the tri tripod method, but not have to get out of the way of the photo, which could take up a lot of your time in the capture process. And in the half and half, it would allow you to stay on one side of the fisheye lens on a MAD-V or MeSphere photo, take one half of the photo and then just step to the other side of the tripod and take the other half. Is that true with the Ricoh Theta V? Um, I think it's something in the works that's not supported today. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, it works for all the, all the cameras. So um, that, that is a wor working function. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I'm sorry about that. I didn't know it was working on the Ricoh. Okay. So. Yeah, and we can I, we can show that um, later if it's. Then, if, Paul, if we could just go back to the auto interval shooting, just want to focus on this for a moment. Um, that that is Paul. What you're going to be using, maybe. Uh, yeah, it right is now. what I'm going to use. Yeah. So, so, we, so usually we we just run the auto interval shoot for 
pretty pretty much all cases because the auto interval shoot is going to automatically trigger automatically trigger a photo and if you want to run a manual uh, trigger you can do that as well so the auto interval combines the best of manual and auto intervals the hide and shoot and the half and half those are both tripod type of methods it's indicated in the photos what i want to ask about the auto interval shoot does it know when it needs to take a a 360 photosphere in order to take advantage of the photogrammetry or no you need to say take it every three feet every four feet every five feet today it's all based on distance we are doing R&D as to how to automatically instruct you based on the environment around you, but that's something in potentially for the future. So part of this is one needs the practice to say, if you were to shoot every 10 feet, the likelihood of having a successful uh, stitching of the 360s through this photogrammetry process might fail. So is there best practices now to say, if you're going to use auto interval shooting, you want it every three feet, every five feet, every six feet? There, there actually is a little bit of an intelligence here. Um, as Paul gets into the types of sites uh, that you can shoot. So if you're shooting in an outdoor area, like um, an open space, um, we'll see there's an open space option and there's a, a narrow space option. So depending on the type of spaces that you're shooting, we are to automatically uh, set up a distance based on, on the type of environment you're looking at. Um, so if you're shooting with a uh, selfie stick, uh, excuse me, a telescoping rod, uh, which is this extra long selfie stick up say 20 or 30 feet in an open space, then you can space your photos out uh, 20, 30, uh, in many cases, much further um, when you're taking the shot. So we're, we're going to automatically suggest uh, certain distances that can help um, uh, help ensure that the tour aligns well. And that's one of the key elements of key, key reasons why we put this app together is to make it really easy to capture and uh, really uh, capture with high confidence that the tour is going to uh, be created successfully. Mm -hmm. So for, for, for clarification, Today, you can shoot with any 360 camera, and you don't need a, a Cupic Slam app. The, the advantage of the, the Cupic Slam app is that it's going to be able to help guide you that if you, you do want to create a, a 3D tour that has a mesh that's created with the photogrammetry process, that, that the app is going to suggest what is the correct, uh, the suggested interval to shoot in order to, to succeed. Um, and, and that might mean instead of thinking, oh, I have to shoot every three feet, it's going to know, oh, in this environment, you can shoot every five feet, or in this environment, you can shoot every seven feet. Is that, is that summarizing it correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll uh, help you understand the spatial uh, distance. So you can be uh, drinking a cup of coffee while you're shooting um, and not really worry about the actual distance. You can just uh, let the app figure that out for you. Let's take, for example, you're, you're walking a path on an outdoor Google Street View application, which, which is what some of the audience might be doing. And every, say, 30 feet or so is the right distance to take a photo. Now, you could pace yourself and uh, try to have a nice cadence and a nice distance between footsteps, but the app's going to be able to take care of that for you. It's going to know that you want to take a photo every 30 feet and, and take those shots for you. So likewise, in a closed environment, uh, a more narrow environment, you need a higher frequency of photos, the app's going to take care of that for you. So you can, um, you can focus on staying still or focus on not tripping over uh, some rebar or other objects on the ground or not um, fussing up a crime scene. Um, these kind of things help out. Is, um, is there any reason to, to do it by time, to have it trigger by time then rather than by distance? I, I see that that's an option. Uh, this app takes 360 photos at a time or distance interval automatically. Uh, yeah, that might just be the, the text there. It's, we're primarily focused on the distance. Ah, okay, good. So um, truly, it, it's going to recommend uh, um, uh, whether it's taking every 3 feet, 5 feet, 10 feet, 30 feet, based on the kind of environment that you're shooting in. Uh, and that way, whether you're walking slowly or fast or you stop, um, and I would imagine that that's um, your app is interacting with the um, accelerometer in the iPhone in order to successfully accomplish this. Uh, good question. Yeah. So, uh, or good comment. The, we're we're going to be working with uh, iPhones uh, and Apple's really highly developed uh, AR kit 
system for analyzing the location and movement of the phone. Uh, we can do things as sophisticated as locate ourselves over large, uh, large spaces, quarter mile, mile uh, types of spaces, um, and in and out narrow caverns and uh, cubby holes and under desks, uh, for example, if we need to capture something low, low and high. Um, so the Apple AR kit is one of the pieces of technology that we're leveraging in this application for tracking, uh, tracking motion. Um, and and one more point is that if you wanted to take extra photos, you can always do that because the auto interval shoot is the best in both worlds uh, between the manual shoot and automatic interval. So if, um, as Paul demonstrates, he's probably going to take an extra photo or two in certain areas of the tour. Um, and you can be able to do that. You can still have uh, basic suggestions on photos in that you analyze the space and you look at the height of the space you're in and the width and you figure out and think to yourself which one is the smaller distance and use that as your distance between photos so if i'm in a eight foot you know if i'm in a hallway with eight foot ceilings and it's three foot wide i'm going to want to take my photos every three feet now and we still have uh you know very similar to matterport is when you go in and out of rooms uh we require more photos going through those rooms to help with the connections so, you know, very similar rules as to what you, what your current users are doing with Matterport. Okay. Uh, thanks, Paul. Um, uh, uh, please continue. And, and, you know, you're asking about the, the sensors we're using, you know, it's, you were using AR kit, which is using a combination of, you know, the um, accelerometers and also computer vision real time while you're walking. So to help, uh, help with the identification of the space that you're okay. in. Okay. Crazy exciting. A lot of magic going on behind the scenes to make it simple. So I'm going to go ahead and continue here and I'm going to use the auto interval option. And this is what Scott was alluding to in terms of, you know, suggestions on the type of space you're in, um, you know, looking at indoor or outdoor and with indoor, I'm going to just stick with the indoor narrow space because I have a small house. So we're going to stick with that option. And, and I presume it, it, um, it doesn't, uh, if you overshoot, that's, you're not at a disadvantage. No, it never hurts to overshoot. And so I actually have a floor plan image of my house. And I'm just going to pull that. I'm not connected to, um, I can't pull it from my Cupix workspace. So I'm just going to pull it directly from my phone. And you'll have to ignore some of the pictures on here because my daughter likes to get on the phone sometimes. And so I have, uh, here's my floor plan of my house, which I'm going to use as a map to help me with the capture of this space. Um, and, you know, if you're working on, you know, I, I work a lot with uh, AEC and facilities and many times you have some sort of floor plan or you could even take a picture off the wall of an emergency exit when you're on site somewhere and use that kind of as a map to help you understand where you've gone, where you've been, what you've captured. And that's what I'm going to illustrate here by using an example floor plan of my house. And yeah, this will be a really good visual for the audience to understand where Paul's walking. And I'm, I'm setting an estimate for, you know, and I'm going to be using a simulator as opposed to an actual camera just to make this a little easier for me right now. And so my camera height is, you know, you can set an approximate camera height, whatever you want it to be. And here in, so those suggested options are saying, you know, we're going to suggest you take a, a photo every three feet and there's going to be a countdown beep of a second. And so the countdown beep is just giving you a warning of, hey, we're going to want to take a photo. And you'll actually hear that as we go through this demo. And there's also an option here, don't shoot if I'm moving. And this is a good option for people that maybe haven't used the app or used Cupix before. Um, you don't want blurry photos. So you want to be standing still when you take, take that photo. And if you enable that option, it does a really good job in letting you know that, hey, you, you really need to be stopped. But I am actually going to disable that because um, I've done this a lot. Um, I can do it fairly quickly and make sure. And plus, we're just doing a quick demo here. And I'm going to go ahead with the ready to shoot. And I'm going to use the 360 uh, camera simulator. 
Is that in the app for, for all of us to use? The simulator? Yes, yes the simulator is available uh, for anybody to use. It's a good way to help help learn how to use the app without having doing two things at once. And is it built into the app? Sure is, yep. Yep, okay. Uh, Paul, while you're waiting for that to initialize, um, are the measurements also in metric um, or just U.S. Imperial? Oh, you can you can change to feet inches. You can change the, I think even kilometers if you want to. There's a wide variety of uh, units that you can Whoa. use. Meaning you could set this up, put it on top of your car. Top your of your car. Good question. Your skateboard. Yeah. Your you know, it's made for the car, but definitely for the skateboard. The bird. Uh, bicycle. Yeah. Uh, bird. Bird. Yeah. You yeah. Know. You know what do you call that? Uh, Drone. Scooter. A scooter. Scooter. Bird. Yeah, you could put a, it on a bird. A drone, bird scooter. Drone, exactly. Uh, scooter, yeah, for sure. And a drone. Drone drone would not be appropriate with this uh, this app because you'd have to have the phone and the mobile device connected. Uh, it's not really ah. made for that. Yeah. Okay. Or for handheld. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, Paul, what's going on with you there? Paul, I can't hear you. Yeah, so his, uh, I'm guessing his phone may have, uh, have uh, uh, freezed, and I don't think he can actually hear us. Scott, do you want to roll video until we hear back? Yeah, let's, let's roll a little bit of video. Uh, sure. So. And I, I don't think the, the challenge we're experiencing is related to the Sorry app. about that. Somehow, um, I just came back to my office here, and I guess the Zoom, it looks like I can see it's crashed, so I apologize. Yeah, it's not, it, it, again, it's, it's not your app. It's just the, the, all the technology we're using to have uh, uh, four different screens open, sharing it, live streaming, and uh, adding the extra screen share, I'm, I'm sure has been a little of a challenge. Um, but uh, uh, Scott has video, and he'll go ahead and roll the video. Yeah, let's uh, show some video. So this is the... Um, we need for Paul to stop sharing screen, though. Okay, sorry about that. And do I now need to share? Yeah, we're going to wait for... Uh, yep, yeah, okay, now you can share screen. Okay. So you can share your video. Okay, the moment of that you've all been waiting for to see the cap, uh, slam app. So here it is. This is the Cupix uh, uh, slam app. This is start to uh, cradle to grave type of workflow. So you power on the camera. This could be a Madventure camera. It could be a MeSphere. It could be a Ricoh Theta S. It could be Ricoh Theta V. In a month's time, it could be the Insta One. Mm -hmm. uh, and, that, and that is the Mad V, uh, Madventure camera, the orange one that we're looking at there. That's, that's the one that we're using for this video, yeah. Um, so we go through these different steps, um, including setting a floor plan image. This is, again, this is completely optional. If you don't have the floor plan image, you might want to use the satellite view. You can automatically choose that. Uh, you might just want to use the uh, nothing at all and just watch the path. You'll see what the path is, means in a second. You can see here is you can set a, a distance interval um, and there's a countdown beep. Uh, the time interval has been uh, sunsetted, so you know, there's not a time interval anymore. Um, and then you can set up uh, yourself so that you're connected to the phone um, between the camera and the phone. So the phone and the camera are connected. All right, so the phone is connected to the camera, so the camera's gonna tell the phone when to take a photo. And in this case, we're using a helmet-mounted system. Now you can put the camera on a, on a short selfie stick. You can put it on a telescoping rod and have it 30 feet up. That gives the uh, view of looking like you're on a drone, really nice uh, way to visualize the space. In this case, it's just on a helmet. And once uh, you have the app running and you uh, give the cue to say, take a photo, what happens is the app says, figure out where you are. And to figure out where you are, iPhone and Apple require the, uh, the AR kit, one of the core technologies they're using, which has the accelerometers and the gyros and the vision-based systems. It wants you to take a, uh, a look at where you're at. So our, our Cupix app is asking you to take a look and figure out where you are. And you can see those yellow dots on the screen. Uh, really locate where uh, the, the, the person is in space. 
Um, and then from there, once you start, um, once you have that, uh, then the, uh, the Cubic Slam app knows where you are from, from then on forth. Um, so it knows if you walk forward, it knows if you walk uh, backwards, it knows if you're going up high or going down low or crouching um, under a corner or going downstairs. What uh, we do in this case, because we have a floor plan, is we're going to locate ourselves uh, not once but twice. Uh, one once for the initial position and then uh, a second time to clock yourself um, basically meaning setting up the orientation because uh, if you just do one location you don't really know where the floor plan is it can be spun around in different orientations uh, so two locations and you, you clock yourself um, so from here on on fourth so I, I just want to go a little bit slower there if i if i can there's, sure, yeah. there's, there's a lot that just happened in a small period of time so first the 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 app is is named Cupix Slam app and Slam in the AEC space is a meaningful term for simultaneous uh, location and mapping. So that's where that is coming from. So essentially, um, you're kind of trying to solve two puzzles at, at one time. One is the camera knows where you are and you have this map. Um, and you kind of have to align the two to say, okay, I'm going to take a, a few steps forward, a few steps back, and I'm going to locate myself within that floor plan. Is that what's happening there? Correct. Mm -hmm. So, so um, that, that, that was what Scott just showed with the gentleman walking forward, walking back. Uh, it, it mapped in the app uh, a, a two uh, lines and then to say, ah, that's here's where I am on that floor plan. Now I can begin capture in some meaningful way to kind of know where I am that I've covered all the space. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, so the the floor plan is now locked to the uh, position of where the operator is using the the camera. Again, that floor plan is optional. You don't need to use the floor plan. We're just using the floor plan as a helpful way to visualize. Uh, where say Paul's moving around or where um, this tech is moving around when he's taking the photos. Um, but that those two point operations are just to uh, locate the floor plan in space. So now the floor plan's coordinated or uh, co-located with this operator who's walking through the, through the space. Thank um, you. Yeah, I think you, I think you got it, Dan, you got it yeah. spot on. Okay. Uh, so now that the floor plan's co-located, See, as he moves forward, he's moving forward. He's going to make a left here, right? It's a left. And then uh, I think he's going to go into this room. We could see what, what happens. So he, as he walks around. These photos are being captured. And now he can uh, enter the room. So what you notice is that these blue dots should be self-explanatory, but I'll explain it. These blue dots are photo locations. So as he takes uh, six feet forward, it takes a snapshot takes another six feet, um, the camera is triggered again. Uh, as your uh, turn makes a left, another six feet, the camera tr triggers again, and another six feet, the camera triggers again. So he's chosen that based on maybe a little bit further um, spacing based on the size of the space. And it's just telling him um, to, to take the, these photos. He's also pausing when he's taking these photos. Again, it's optional. These are nice action cams. So the action cams take uh, really crisp photos, even in the presence of a lot of, a lot of motion. Uh, but to get the highest crispness and the least amount of motion blur, all you got to do is uh, keep your head still for a second and you get the best out of the camera. So that's what he's deciding. To you do. know, and another comment, if you, if you look at them right now, notice the angle of the camera. Notice how it's tilted at an angle there. Um, our software does not care about that. So our software in the post-processing and the processing of the data is going to fix those types of issues. So we don't care. It doesn't need to be level. Um, it, it really doesn't matter at all in that we will fix that for you automatically. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Um, and, and you are also seeing, notice that he, when he's going through that doorway right there, he is taking just like with uh, you would do with Matterport and taking photos going through that doorway to so is represent that, kind we're, of going in and out of a room. Paul, we're looking at the app on the left in this video and I, I see like a, an aperture. So is that what he's tapping? Um, you can tap that at any time. It'll take it on the set interval. And I didn't see the interval. I think he set it for every six feet. Yeah. So, so it'll, he, it'll take it every six feet and any time you can hit that aperture on the app 
and so it'll he, just take a photo at any so time. So kind of a best practice is just before you enter a doorway, take a, a manual shot right in the doorway, take a manual shot, take another step forward out of the doorway, take another manual shot. That's correct. Yes. And that's what we see is those, those three blue dots. Mm -hmm. Okay. In this case, he wants a little more detail, detail there. So the spacing is, uh, tri the, the photos are triggered manually again. Okay. And now it's on to the next, uh, on to the next uh, area of the of the office uh, in this case. All right. So our Cupix Slam app is going to track where you're uh, moving. He's back to the starting point, and he's about he's about done for this uh, this example. What you'll notice here too is that he's got the camera in his pocket, and um, he can't hold it in his hand or you can, can just put it in his pocket. That's one of the methods that we suggest in terms of configuring, configuring yourself with the camera. And so that, that's the phone in his pocket, the iPhone that he's carrying. Yeah, he's about to pull it out and now he's gonna save uh, the capture. And is it connected to the camera by Bluetooth or Wi-Fi? Uh, that one is by Wi-Fi. Yeah, most are, of the cameras are, are Does it depend on camera? I think most are Wi-Fi based nowadays. I think so, yeah. Most are Wi-Fi based, yeah. I, I ask because uh, some of the members of the We Get Around Network Forum have been re reporting some challenges of pairing their uh, smartphone uh, with um, a 360 camera uh, and losing the connectivity after maybe about 10 feet. Have, uh, have you had a chance to experiment with... with um, the tripod option and being behind, I mean, if, if you were in a large, well, maybe it wouldn't apply. I was going to say, if you're going to be in a large space and it's hard to find a place to hide, on the other hand, you don't need to hide because you're underneath the camera. Or using half and half mode, which will, um, I think we'll have some time to show that uh, perhaps okay. here. But yeah, if, if uh, I mean, the camera's got to connect to the phone, uh, 10 feet, small distance, uh, 20 feet, uh, 20 feet's about typical too. Um, that just has to happen. So make sure you have the latest firmware, uh, make sure your camera's up to date and you should be able to connect. Okay. And then Paul, I, I know you're going to send us the recipe for, for building out that little helmet cam uh, with whatever <laughs> connector that is to that helmet. I, I know our community would. Mine's would, a little bit different, but very similar. Wh whatever you got, we would, we would love to be able to uh, post that in the forum for those that want to build their helmet cam and are wondering how they connected a selfie stick which selfie stick that you're recommending and to, uh, how to, which helmet you're recommending and how to make the connection. I, I would, if you do have a construction helmet, would, would, uh, would like that because I, I know if we're going on a construction site, that doesn't look, yeah, because the, the one he's demoing is not a construction helmet uh, and we got to have the right safety tools uh, if we're going to be on a, on a construction site. So uh, that would be a great recipe to see if you wanted to connect it to a, a, a construction helmet. Uh, Paul, uh, Scott, back to you. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, so it's as easy as that. Turn, you get the camera in the uh, Theta V or the Insta One or whatever the camera you're working with uh, connected to one another. Uh, hold the camera up or mount it onto your uh, helmet. Here, I'll show that. I got this one. I got this loose camera here. Uh, mount this onto your helmet, strap it on. Uh, power up the app and and get strange looks. You're ready to go. Yeah. So <laughs> some something that really helps with the strange looks is to put on a construction uh, jacket. Um, it's almost like a magic cloak if you have a construction uh, vest on. I love that. That is great. That is super. I just wearing, love that. If you're wearing street clothes, though, uh, then you get the funny looks and people are wondering what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah you look official. So. I, I, I love that. I know when I go into a retail store, I put on my, I, my, um, my earbuds, whether I'm listening to music or not, because it is a magic cloaking. Uh, mm -hmm. that indicates uh, uh, does not want to be communicated to. So I think that that yellow vest actually solves that, you know, even if you were out 
in some place that was not a construction zone. I imagine putting on that yellow vest, you you look like you're doing something, and it and to just ignore you. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. View, street view at the mall or street view at the park. Um, I yeah, love that. I get, I get, yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. What else you got, Scott? Okay. So yeah, you capture the photos and then you're ready to um, upload. So we got, a, I got a boiler, boilerplate uh, document here just to cover some of the points uh, here that we might want to cover. Okay. Uh, Cupix Slam app. That's what we're showing. Uh, it's a new iOS capture app. To get access, just reach out to uh, support at cupix.com. You'll get in the queue and we're offering private betas. You need to have an iPhone. Uh, so, so, two, so two things. If, uh, uh, today is Tuesday, December eighteenth, uh, two thousand and eighteen. The Cupix Slam app, the iOS app, is presently in beta. So, if you want to be part of the beta, uh, support at cupix.com. I think you can also go to support.cupix.com as uh, uh, com as well. And um, uh, and your iPhone also needs to be running iOS twelve. Okay. Cool iOS 12. But I think iPhone 7 and newer all support uh, iOS 12. Okay. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, let's write that down here. Uh, iOS. It might be on a later slide, but. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, a super fast way to capture a space. Uh, I've, I've used the app while uh, jogging uh, to capture space. I haven't. I haven't taken on the lime scooter or bird scooter or uh, um, anything like that, but uh, you, you can definitely use this in motion. Uh, a really fast way to capture space. You can put the camera up on a telescoping pole and uh, it's really fast. Uh, it also ensures complete coverage as we showed in the video. You know what you've captured, you know where you've, you've walked. Um, if you see an empty spot in a tour, uh, if you see an empty spot in the path, and the route that you've taken, then you know that you missed a spot. So it's a really great way to ensure that you got complete coverage. And as we've spoken about a couple of times, is make sure that the tour that you create is robust. It's going to be a successfully created tour because we're enforcing the spacing guidelines that are important to make photogrammetry and Cupix work uh, effectively. Uh, so this Cupix, again, this is just some boilerplate uh, lingo and boilerplate content, but the Cupix Slam app is going to have simultaneous localization. It's going to map um, at the same time um, right from the app with the camera connected. Uh, you're going to be able to take 360 photos. It's going to be a full 3D tour. And we've got the cameras that we mentioned before on the way. That's a MeSphere, a MedVenture, a Rico Theta, a VNS, and then the Insta360 line and then the Ponono line um, available in January. Uh, you don't need anything special like a laser scanner or a white light structured light scanner to figure out where you are. And one of the nice things about this is you can use it on the roof, you can use it in the park, you can use it on a on a, a dig, um, you can use it in a, in a underground a mining mining setup. Maybe not a mining setup. You need a little bit of light, um, but uh, it's going to work pretty much anywhere. So indoor, outdoor, any type of space. Um, as long as you got enough light to take a photo, it's going to work just fine. Anything to add on that, uh, Paul? No, I think that's it. Uh, it's uh, outdoors, not a problem. Yeah, the, not a problem. The, the question I would ask is, again, back on timing, you, um, the, our audience can apply to be part of the beta today. Um, do you have a timing of when the Cupix Slam app will be public? We don't, do not have that timing yet. We have a private beta uh, right now, we want to make sure the the app is perfect or is close to perfect um, before we send it out. That said, I, I feel uh, what ninety five better than ninety percent comfortable with uh, pretty much all the features in the app. Um, it's easy to explain, easy to get somebody up and running with it. So some of our beta testers are reporting that same success. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty much ready ready to go. But we're gonna make sure we've got all the um, all the those hard to find bugs um, out of the app, which come with uh, beta testers and beta users uh, before we make it fully public. And have you, um, uh, I know we have a virtual studio audience listening <coughs> and we, we already got uh, uh, one, one request for it. Um, uh, Eric, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, just uh, send off your email to support at cupix.com. Tell them 
you're watching the show today and I'm sure they'll take care of you. Um, uh, Scott, have you said anything publicly about supporting Android? You know, Android is definitely going to be something that we're doing. We don't have a timeline for that. Uh, some of the early apps were actually in and on the Android platform. Uh, we've consolidated around iOS for speed of development and some of the advantages iOS uh, offers, but we ex fully expect Android to uh, be here at some point in time. So, uh, And I've heard you uh, mention five cameras, three that are available today in the beta, two that are coming in the beta in January. Um, will you be supporting other 360 cameras? Uh, yeah, we, we absolutely expect to. Um, we're more of a software, we're a software company. We're more agnostic, much more agnostic to the type of camera that's being used. There's cameras that do certain things better than other uh, cameras. And pretty much all, all cameras, as you know, they got to talk to a, a phone. So there's ways to interact between uh, this camera or any of the handful of other cameras that I have um, in the back office there uh, to talk to the phone. So um, we need to simply integrate to those cameras. So it's very easy to have this type of functionality with any, uh, virtually any 360 camera out there. So, so Dan, yeah. that'll just be really customer driven. So what Got our customers it. want, that's, that's what we'll focus on. As okay. long as they have open SDKs that we can integrate, we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, that would be the open SDK for the, the camera. For the camera, correct. The camera. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. Um, uh, Scott, you had some other slides there? Yeah, yeah let's just, I'll just run through these. So we saw this video capturing any way you choose. So you can capture with the camera on a helmet. Here's a telescoping pole, and I should have a piece of equipment here. So this telescoping pole is something, a nice way to capture uh, the photos. And um, what you can do, you can buy some off-the-shelf uh, devices to hook up to the uh, to a telescoping pole, a painter's pole. Or you can uh, get one of these, and a lot of people in the audience know what a tap and die set is. You can uh, use a hacksaw, hack off. Let me show the complete picture. Here. I, I don't. What what is don't a, tap a tap and die set? Okay, yeah. Paul, what is a tap Paul, and die Paul, set? Do you have a tap and die set? I think I might be no. wearing that. So, uh, no, tap. I'm one to just buy it off Amazon. Yeah. So you can uh, you can get <laughs> they a have adapters on Amazon to go on a painter's pole too with a quarter inch uh, screw. Yeah. Okay, Amazon. That's all we need to know, Scott. Amazon. So you can use that, or you can um, for those with a tap and die set, just get a, a piece for your painter's pole, and you've got. Um, got a setup here. So that's what you have. Um, I, don't know, I think that's the, yeah, that's the one from the painter's pole set, but you can get something from Amazon. Have the camera up at a tilted angle. You could have it straight up if you want. It could be at a, a complete horizontal uh, view frame. Um, so you can have that hanging off the edge of a um, edge of a roof if you wanted to and still take photos using the slam app. And then the third method uh, here is on a tripod. So you can have the camera on a tripod which works really well for low light environment or when you care about more crisp photos uh, say for example you're in a fire arson scene uh, we mentioned that or i mentioned that dark dark is a problem but these cameras are so nice for low light photography that even in almost the complete absence of light you can get some crisp uh, crisp photos out and they all tie together with this lamp I would imagine on the tripod that the use case there, I would also add is when you want the, the point of view for the, the camera to be lower uh, when you're walking through a house where you want the house to look a little bit bigger. And if you put the, the, the camera up on top of your head, on top of a helmet and you walk through, then in, when you're looking at the tour of a house, you're constantly going to be looking down as opposed to forward. Um, so I would imagine that's one of the use cases of why you'd want to use a tripod, even though it might be way faster and easier to capture um, putting it on your head, unless you tell us that you have a way to change the point of view uh, within the tour after the fact. Um, a great idea. Go figure out the patent on that one, Scott. And, and, uh, I think that breaks some laws of uh, laws physics. Of uh, <laughs> uh, but to, to that question, uh, maybe Paul can... Maybe we can demonstrate, or I can demonstrate it later. But yeah, you can hold the camera on this. I'll demonstrate right now. So you can hold the camera on the uh, selfie stick, uh, like so, or the telescoping uh, rod. Drop this the other day. Um, so you can have this here and hold it up ten feet above yourself, or you can hold this camera like right here, like this. Uh, if you're interested in getting this yes, 
you'll you'll always be in that picture though correct yeah again the laws of physics are going to apply yeah so I, I think part of it depends on uh what kind of job you're shooting and literally you know, if you're working on a construction site it it absolutely may not matter whatsoever uh and and that's perfectly fine and it lets you capture space faster you know go for it right yeah yep yep okay what else you got okay so yeah that's that's uh it um I see two more slides. What Once you, what, you've got you the capture, uh, you, these cameras just for, you know, for reference, these cameras are in the sub thousand dollar range. Uh, each of these uh, cameras are less than a thousand dollars. I don't know about that on the Pinono. I want to say that's uh, in the U.S. is not an under thousand dollar camera. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, not the Pinono. The ones that we're showing. Um, you can start with less than thousand uh, dollar. I I want to say all the all the rest are are, are under five hundred or well under five hundred. So we're talking about three hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars, with the exception of the the Pinono. I want to say it has thirty two lenses. I I want to say the idea is supposed to have a, a better resolution, um, higher pixel count, etc. But I I want to say that Pinono right now. Tuesday, December 18th, 2018 is a $2,000 uh, camera. Uh, uh, unless somebody t tells me they've seen it for, for less, I think that's about what it's being listed for in the United States. Great, great resolution. Uh, it can't be the resolution of the, the Pinono. Uh, if you mount it up on a pole, you can see pretty much anything with a high level of detail. I think it's a hundred megapixel photo. So yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that probably the trade-off in the Pinono is if you're 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 walking down a hallway and you're close to the wall, that you may literally have stitching errors because you got 32 lenses, you don't have two lenses. So I, I think it's going to depend on what the use case is of which camera that you might want. If high resolution is really important and you need to do that today, then it's probably Pinono. But if you're in tight spots and uh, that you're, I'm going to guess if you're within two feet, you're going to have stitching errors on that uh, on that Pinono that you wouldn't experience on a Ricoh Theta as long as you're walking through the hall with the the, the, the fisheye lens with one facing this wall and one facing that wall. Uh, I think that's a good summary. Yeah, the yeah. parallax is just part of the nature of the configuration yeah. of these cameras. Okay. Let, let's take it off slide share. Uh, Paul, um, what do you, you want to add to the discussion of what we've talked about so far? Uh, Scott, if you could take it off the gotcha. uh, screen share. Paul? No, I, I think the real key is to make the capture easier. That's, that was the whole goal of that, to not have to deal with... Uh, the, t the older process was having to use the manufacturer software on your iPhone and manually get it off there to your computer and from your computer online is to really streamline that whole process. Mm -hmm. We um, didn't, we didn't show control. us that part. How, how hard is it, excuse me, how hard is it to go from the, uh, the, the Cupix um, uh, um, uh, Slam app to my computer? Am I literally just plugging it in and it automatically knows how to move it? Am I, am I doing it wirelessly? How am I, how am I getting my 360 photospheres uh, into my computer? So you, you have multiple options. One option is to take the photos from the camera to your phone. And then our application will then upload the metadata that we track with our application along with those photos automatically to Cupix. Yeah, you know, I have a, I have a video of that. Um, would it be helpful yeah, to yeah, pl yeah please show that because Paul I'm just not it's not registering with me of how the content gets from uh, my iPhone to my computer okay here, here's a, a video of the app just at that this particular area so we've gone ahead I'll give you a summary of what happened so this is the Fry's Electronics Store took a couple hundred uh, photos at Fry's wrapped up and um, I know maybe this is another part of the neighborhood. Anyways, uh, we've got this walking tour that was captured with 87 photos. And now we can submit the photos and the location information. You realize there's two parts. Uh, one of, Scott, one set of data. I'm so sorry, but I'm still confused. I, I'm, I'm seeing uh, uh, where is the iPhone? It, 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 um, I'm just, I'm still totally confused. Is the background, uh, um, yeah. So are you, are you mounting the iPhone as an, are you importing the, you're plugging the phone into the, uh, um, to the computer and importing it directly into Cupix? 
Okay, uh, so we, this is the this is the iPhone screen. Okay, so we finished capturing. Oh, I missed your question, Dan. What, what was the? Should I ignore what's in the background? The fact that the that the phone is sitting on top of a Cupix uh, workspace. This is just a video um, for you. Sorry, the you could ignore the frame here. Um, He's in Camtasia. You just ignore this frame. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm looking at a. This is just a video video software to show a video recording. Okay, so ignore Camtasia, which is with recording this to isolate your phone. Yeah, let me. I can narrow this down even more. Share. Share a screen, huh? Well, yeah, I'm just gonna ask you to ignore the okay. The so, I should just pretend that the only thing I'm looking at is my iPhone, correct? Yeah, okay, thank you. Okay, so we've captured at this point, we've captured a um, a space. So mm -hmm. we've captured about 87 photos. And now okay. what we're going to do is we're going to upload the uh, photos and the tour data into a Cupix. So How? What, is that Wi-Fi? Is that... It? Uh, Paul, do you want to explain? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, once you're done, the next step is in with the, within the submit application, you can tell it download all the photos from the phone. I'm sorry, from the camera. <laughs> I misspoke there. So it will download all the photos from the camera to your phone. And after it's downloaded all those photos to your phone, you can then take the photo and the metadata that we track and go directly to Cupix. And so how do I, okay, so uh, here's my phone. I got my Insta360 ONE X or my Ricoh Theta uh, V. I've captured all the content that is, is right now is on my phone. So I need to go to my iPhone, I, I, from my camera to my iPhone. Now that Correct. I have it on my iPhone, how do I get it to the Cupix um, uh, workspace? You, you, it's basically just hitting submit and it goes directly from the iPhone to the Cupix editor online. Is, that, the is there a, a physical wire that connects my no, iPhone? just over Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, that, that's yep. what I'm looking for. I connect from Wi-Fi and then at some point I'm gonna hit the word submit. And then, yeah, I mean, you would start by making sure you're connected to your phone. I'm yeah. sorry, your phone is connected to your camera via Wi-Fi. Okay. And then that allows you to download all the data to your phone. And then when you're finished, change to your regular Wi-Fi and then say submit to Cupix from your phone. And it'll ah. submit the cameras on your phone and the metadata we track up to Cupix. Okay, Scott, are you going to show that piece of what it looks like on the platform or no? I think we got it. So yeah, you hit the submit button and then the tour is up on uh, Cupix. Thanks Paul for explaining. Okay. Did it end up within a, did it say what Cupix workspace do you want to put this in? Did it automatically show up in an imports area? Yeah, there's a, there's a concept called workspaces in Cupix that help uh, to organize and control mm -hmm. the sharing across different uh, users. So if you're taking a photo for say Google Street View, which the audience might be interested in, uh, you might set into a Google Street View type of workspace or if it's for a construction firm or construction project that you're working with and you can send it to, to that workspace. So yeah, you have that, those controls to control how the data is going up. So I can specify to an existing Cupix workspace or create a new Cupix workspace. Uh, I think you're gonna wanna specify to an existing workspace inside of a uh, inside of the app. So if you have a workspace, which you get whenever you create a new account on Cupix, if you, if anybody signs up to Cupix now, you'll get an account called say Dan's workspace or Scott's workspace. When I first signed up, that's the one you're going to want to choose. If you have multiple workspaces, you can choose which workspace you want to send it to. Well, I'm still a little bit confused. So I think if the workspace has all my tours in it, when do I assign it to a specific tour? Well, th this is a tour. What, what? Yeah, you created the tour. Um, I, I think when you're following me, I, I created, I titled my 3D tour Paul's house. So Paul's During house, the capture process. Paul's house, new tour, doesn't exist in the Cupix, in, in, in uh, Dan's Cupix workspace. It now comes into the Cupix workspace, my entire space, and, it's, and it goes into a place that's now called Paul's house. 
Correct. Okay. I, I don't mean to make it overly complex because it is totally very simple. I just didn't understand what was happening. So I was trying to understand. Yeah, mo most people don't, aren't thinking about workspaces because they only have a single workspace. We, I think you, for example, Dan, may only have one workspace. Mm -hmm. So you just think of these as tours. When you submit it, you get a tour that's going to be processed on the Cupix Cloud. So submit the tour. Cool. And it gets processed. Was there anything else to show us on this video? Uh, that's about, that's about it. I mean, we got okay. was there anything, were there, were there any other videos you wanted to show us? Uh, no, this okay. is, if you could take us off screen share and, sure. and then I have, I know I have a lot to say, but before I do, I, I, I want to make sure that we've covered everything that you wanted to talk about. So Scott, is there anything else to, to, to mention? Uh, no, Dan, I think we covered most of what we wanted to today. Okay. Paul. No, that's so, it. So, um, uh, literally I have, I'm shaking a little bit because I just really, I, I'm tingling. I, I think this is a, a, a seminal moment for Cupix, uh, coming out with the Cupix Slam app, uh, that makes it super easy and super fast to do capture. This dramatically improves the uh, workflow. The workflow was, was super easy to begin with. Use any 360 camera capture the, the 360 photospheres uploaded to Cupix. Uh, but now I don't have to think about whether I'm going to take, take a 360 every three feet, every five feet, every 10 feet, because I'm telling the app what kind of environment I'm in. And then it's automatically saying, ah, you're, you're in a house, you're in a hallway, you're in a big open space. You're going to do interval shooting automatically at every three feet or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then, Second is some of those best practices to say, oh, I'm walking into an entranceway. I want to make sure I manually take a shot before I walk into the entrance while I'm right in the door jam and when I'm just out of the door jam. And, and then I think in some spaces, an AEC space where you might have a boiler or something else where you say, okay, I'm going to put the camera up on top of the boiler and I'm going to manually take a shot. So I'm still doing my, my walkthrough where I'm, I'm snapping every... Uh, every four feet, every three feet. Um, but then I have the opportunity to manually add shots because I know I need some extra shots. Um, I'm in the house. I might be, I want the, the top of the refrigerator to actually have a, um, a 360 shot or whatever it might be. So, I, I mean, I'm just so excited about what you all are doing, what Cupix is doing, because you are um, making it super easy, super fast, using a, um, an open platform uh, that enables even a, a, a white label with, without um, your logo on it, if that's what we want, uh, and that we can view all this content offline with a player offline. So you've you got so many things going on that are so exciting, and I just, I just wanted to take a moment and say, I, I just, um, you know, you, you may be in the, in, the, in the day and day of doing it, but this is the first time that I'm getting a chance to, to see, you know, what you're doing, and I go, well, that just obviously makes sense. And the fact that you're making capture easy, fast, and simple is awesome. I just, I love it. And I want to add to that, um, that for the, we, we get around network uh, community, um, uh, WGAN, uh, our, we get around network, uh, we get around network um, community, that for um, basic standard and premium members, uh, you can borrow a number of cameras uh, from us uh, uh, that are compatible with Cupix. So if you want to borrow uh, a Mad uh, Venture, uh, an Insta360 One X, a Ricoh Theta, a MySphere, um, uh, these are all cameras that uh, uh, we get around network basic standard and premium members uh, can borrow at no charge as part of our loaner program. And since Cupix does have a free tier, it's possible to, to, to take this, to sign up for the beta for Cupix Slam app beta, borrow one of our cameras and sign up for Cupix with a free account and immediately begin testing. So I think that's for, for our members, at least is a, certainly a very low risk, uh, um, proposition. And then uh, for our We Get Around Network standard and premium members, you can get the free use of the first six months of, Q of Cupix uh, standard um, plus an add-on that lets you do uh, Google Street View. Um, so I think, that, that's, I think that's kind of exciting for, for our, our members. 
So anyway, those are the things I just wanted to wrap it up with that. Just uh, before we, we say bye, just check in with you, Scott, see if there's anything else to, to add. Good. Okay. Paul, anything to add? Uh, nothing I can mention here. Okay. There'll, there'll be a lot of other exciting things coming too. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. So actually, we need a little, good. We need a little thumbnail here. So for, for our show, got to see the thumbs. Good. Uh, this is this is actually a miracle. We've done a show in about an hour. I think we've done probably wow. four or five shows that have gone at least two hours. So, um, rah, rah. Um, so hey, and all, all of you, thanks for tuning in. If you missed any portion of today's show, we have been recording it. And uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, December 19, 2018, um, we will publish that in the We Get Around Network forum. Uh, so uh, thanks for tuning in to WGAN-TV Live at 5.